Welcome back, everybody, to Tub and Jonesy Watch Movies. I am Tub. And I'm Jonesy. And, and we, we watch, watch movies. movies. It's getting better every week. <laughs> the cadence Just is a wait. little, yeah, we'll figure it out. S- seven or eight weeks from now, that shit's going to be <laughs> tight. Tight. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, it was a good week. Nothing exciting. I just renewed my auto insurance. Oh, sick. Uh, Not to brag or anything. (laughs) That's pretty tight. Thanks. I went from, uh, I had to change insurance providers. That was exciting. Oh, you told someone to hit the bricks. Kind of. Actually, I just, I got like, I've always had progressive and then I just got a quote from Geico and I, I'm sure they're actually really comparable, but Progressive said that they were going to be a 40-minute phone call. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh that's cool. Yeah. I'm going to go to Geico. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, the, ge- the Gecko isn't going to hound me with 40-minute phone calls, so I'll go with No, them. the Gecko emailed me twice, like the same person, and she was like, hey, just call me. It's going to take like five minutes. And I was like, you have my business. Yeah, sold. Done. Run it, Geico. Yeah, so Progressive can just hit the road. Unless they want to sponsor yeah, so, the show. Right. <laughs> that hey, can be bought. We'll take it. Well, yeah, we'll take yeah, it. Sure. Like I have insurances, but then I also don't have other insurances. So like hey. let's if they want to hook me up with insurances, that'd be so cool. fucked up that you have to pay like eight hundred and fifty dollars every six months just to like not have to pay another fee if you get in trouble. <laughs> like what? That's crazy. What are you talking about? It works out perfectly. It's so good. Everybody loves it. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's, it's such like, a great system. You might get in an accident, you know, a couple times out of your entire life, but you have to pay such a huge portion, whatever. We, this isn't what the show is about. But No, but however, if you if you pay for insurance and don't drive anywhere, then you're like the gif of the guy pointing at his head because then you don't have to pay all those extra fees. You only have to pay them the one thing. Well, that's but you're what, still I, an that's what I did. I, I got the literally the bare minimum because I, I'm not driving anywhere. I work from right. home. My car is parked until the street sweeper comes. And I literally, I plan my errands around the street sweeper. So actually, tomorrow morning, the street sweeper comes on the side <laughs> that my car is parked. So I'm picking up a prescription at 9 a.m. because that's when the street sweeper's there. So I miss it. Get my spot again, and I've picked up my prescriptions. So he's like the center of the of the earth, really. Like you have to revolve around that street. street sweep. Yeah, the the street sweeper runs, literally runs the streets. Runs the town, <laughs> runs Beach. the whole fucking state. In the LVC, yeah, they run the street. Damn, street. I mean, what what are you gonna do? I if a Michigan street sweeper ran up on me, I'd shake my fist. It's do you do you not have street sweeping? Uh no, we just have the regular old trash men. No, uh the street sweeper here comes Monday and wait, was it Monday and Thursday, I think? Mm. And if you are parked like depending on which side of the street you're parked on, you have to move for the street sweeper and if you don't, it's a $70 ticket. Or Ooh. or if you park your car and it's like half an inch in front of someone else's driveway, they'll just go ahead and have that towed. And then that's like $500. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, 70, 70 bucks or $500. That, mm. 70 bucks twice a week, depending on which side of the street you're parked on. That's a lot of weed. Yeah. Parking in oh. Long Beach is <laughs> absolutely obscene. It's disgusting. Well, at least you don't drive a taxi. Hey, I love the tie-in. Uh, I love the tie-in. Uh, you're right. Uh, yeah, we should definitely uh, uh, get to... Well, okay, I mean, how how do you give a spoiler-free synopsis of this movie? That's the funny thing, is the way this movie is structured. Yeah. If you give the spoiler-free synopsis, it kind of ends up being the spoiler synopsis. Yeah. A little bit. But, I mean, the the best way, really, what you can say is, is I guess, to start... Well, we're, we're talking about the film uh, Loose. Loose. I believe it's called Loose or Lose. Loose. I think it's Loose. Yeah, it's. It, it was uh, I think it's from Spanish tw- uh, for light, but is it also German for light? Well, I think. See, I, that I don't know. I know it's a German film with the main character is. I'm guessing because she has a hat that says Chile that she's Chilean, and so there's a little bit of German, a little bit of Spanish going on. Oh, it's it is Spanish. It is Spanish for light, but German for light is licked. Okay, <laughs> that's probably right. pronounced wrong. <laughs> So in the film, basically, there's a young girl and she gets into a car accident and she's a taxi driver. And then 
She ends up in a police station for questioning, and a doctor tries to get to the bottom of what happened to her, and all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah, hijinks. That's about for sure. I think that's that's about the most bare bones description we can do without like the thing is getting too the the trailer was so um, vague, I guess, which is part of what Mm -hmm. what drew me to it because like I like trailers Mm -hmm. that don't give anything away. Yeah, but um. Then the film itself is like, we were talking about like you end the movie and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, (laughs) I'm not sure what I just saw. It's one of those movies that right after it's done, you just want to watch it again just to like consolidate the information that your brain just took in. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I I really wanted to watch it again, but then there was the other part of me that was like kind of frustrated with it. Really? In some ways. Interesting. Not really, but just enough where I couldn't really watch it back to back. Did, so did did you watch it a second time? Yes. You did. Okay. Yep. I watched it a couple days ago. And what I kind of do to like pull the curtain back a little bit sure. is I basically watch a mo- watch the movie, whatever we're going to watch, and I watch it with no notes or anything the first time. Just kind of watch it. Phone's off. Other screens are off. Just Take 100% paying attention to the movie, taking it all in. And then the second time, that allows me to go back and really kind of decipher things and maybe understand. I can write down a question about, you know, something I didn't really understand where I can kind of sit there and watch again and have it go through my head again and kind of figure things out. And this movie, I kind of needed that because I'll be honest, I checked out in the first five minutes of this movie. Really? Yeah. And they got me back. But that first scene. Okay. So the movie begins with this uh, long shot of what ends up being a police station yeah it's like the office the front office area and uh it's what i noticed immediately is it looks great like the the movie looks 16 millimeter movie looks awesome and i love that they shot it on film yeah beautiful uh as opposed to digital it's a nice uh kind of tribute to older 80s maybe 70s like european horror movies and and whatnot so i enjoyed that quite a bit and so as soon as i see the shot i'm like oh this is gonna be pretty good yeah (laughs) i like where this is headed and then it takes the girl i clock i clocked it about four minutes to walk into the police station grab a soda so nice tie into last week's episode with the willie's wonderland and then approach a receptionist where she starts going into her weird little thing that we'll go into later, her little saying yeah. that, that she... Well, no, she, <laughs> she first she starts out. with doing the, um, is this how you want to live your life, that thing. Yes, that part, yeah. yeah. That, see, that that's another thing that confused me, because there's like two little Repeated back and forth. Lines. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that scene initially is four minutes. And so it took me kind of out of it initially, but then once this movie starts to piece itself together, I started to get into it. It was a, it took me a minute. Really, that's funny because like I off the bat, I liked it. Even that four minute wait, I yeah. liked it because I thought it like added to that creepiness factor. I, I mean, it definitely did, especially with like the old, the, like the older school kind of like I was saying, like eighties European kind of ambiance that they're going for with like. Well, the and film they also had the like that. creepy synth music from like 80s horror movies the music was really well yeah. done too i thought yeah they 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 really picked their spots in this one uh when to interject music and when to not maybe pull back a little bit and not have music did you notice i know you like look you like do your research did you notice mm. that this was a student film yeah that's this was nuts a st- to me that was another thing is like <laughs> when I when you really put it all together yeah. after like taking it in and now after having watched it a second time and you see that this was someone's student thesis film, I mean that that really is quite impressive. It is. To have three languages even in your student film, like whoa. And not not only not only to make something even semi thought provoking as your day de- like directorial writing producing debut and it's a film thesis for your film school yeah quite impressive i thought what do you think the teacher like i feel like a film teacher is probably someone who maybe did one or two things that did well and then they see this and they're like fuck yeah such (laughs) as the old saying goes yeah you know those who can't do teach i would assume they would probably you're probably a dick about it and they're probably like it sucks oh i gave it a b (laughs) minus yeah yeah. do better do better do better i know you can do it room for improvement sure they busted out the red marker. Yeah, totally. And they were like, I wouldn't have said grandpa's crotch <laughs> or something. Yeah, that's where you lost me. 
I can picture it. You know, professors, they, they're wet. I bet. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so it starts out, yeah, they're in this kind of office. Obviously, at this point, we're in spoilers, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, from now on, from this point forward, it's all one big old spoiler. It's, yeah, because the, the whole movie is just a blob of, like, what just happened. So pretty much everything is a spoiler. Yep, and I forgot what they're called, too, where it's uh, it's a specific kind of film where it's basically in, like, very few locations. Low budget? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But there's there's like a specific term. I think it was like maybe uh like chamber film or something. So it, That's like I don't a remember style. what it is, but it's yeah, where it's like uh very few locations are like centered around maybe one central location. And I'm a I'm a big fan yeah. of that style film too. So Oh yeah, no, I really like it. When I got to it. the point where I realized that that's kind of how it was going, I got more into it too. It was a slow burn for me, but once we get to this next scene here, uh it got me into it. Well, well, okay, this this is the tiny thing. It doesn't even matter. It's just a cool stylistic choice that I yeah. thought. At the very beginning, when they're in that office, it's nighttime. And the whole movie ends in that same spot, and it's daytime. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. Yes. I loved that. I, like... I love, like, parallels like that. Well, and it's, uh, it's, it's the same shot, too, so you get basically, like, a direct continuation from where you start where you end like this whole thing was just one day basically her her uh, coming in and then subsequently leaving right afterwards which we'll get to yeah but exactly i yeah i liked i liked that i thought it was a nice choice i did too we go from there then we're kind of in this grungy basement bar <laughs> yep it, i i thought i was assuming it was maybe like some sort of like shitty airport bar yeah, I like was like, is this someone's house? Shitty, like, <laughs> where some, are they? Like, one of those, like, little independent, like, land strip uh, type deals. I could maybe see that, I yeah. I don't know. I don't know shit. I've never been on a plane, so. No way. Really? Sue me. Sue me. Have you really never been on a plane? Never been on a plane. I barely ever left the Midwest. Are you serious? Are you afraid of being on planes, or is it just No, I don't. I'll jump out of a motherfucking plane. I don't give a shit. Really? Well, you're going to have to come to L.A. Head first. All right. But what if you get in a plane and you realize you're, like, terrified? No. it's it's be It'd be like the the Willy's Wonderland thing where- They'll just crush a soda on your head and just throw it. Yes, exactly. And I'm not locked in there with them. They're locked in the plane with me. Perfect. But yeah, so and then so we're in this scene where they're in this shitty little bar and you see uh, a, a little bartender man and then another guy enjoying a drink. He looks kind of for the time, probably well dressed. And it seems to be just them two. And then as soon as the bartender moves out of the way, you see a, a woman there kind of almost out of nowhere, like she wasn't there. And then now she's there. And they start to talk, and it gets really interesting from here. Uh, she asks him if he's a doctor because he has a pager, and then she starts to prod him until he's like, tells her what he, what kind of doctor he is. He's a psychiatrist and psychotherapist, mm-hmm. I believe he says. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she basically tells him that she needs a doctor for her girlfriend that just jumped out of a taxi cab. Mm-hmm. And then she starts bumping some cocaine. She starts. She's like, anyway, she just takes out her necklace, does a bump of coke. And he's like, yep. all right. Any, anyway, time, time to rail this blow real quick. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, listen, <laughs> which I I'm love. I'm not interested in you or your pager. <laughs> but I need you. And you're going to be interested in what I'm about to say. I thought what was really interesting about that whole part is he was totally like, fuck off. And then she sat next to him and was really aggressive to him. And for a while, he was totally, like, not into it. And then he slowly starts to be like, all right, I'm going to entertain whatever weird shit this lady's about to say. Free drugs. It, yeah. Or her tits are out. Like, there's there's a couple appeals there. They call that the perfect storm. <laughs> yeah. I like how he that, like, transition happens before he actually starts to seem like he's getting, like, hypnotized almost but right. well, well and and she is like not even nonchalantly she is aggressively getting him wasted totally yeah yeah and he's down for it too because he's clearly like a probably a drunk anyway if he was supposed to be going to work and he's, he's like it's not an emergency until he gets the until he gets the page like come on yeah she, somehow she well here's the other thing somehow she knew that he was going to be paged to go 
psychoanalyze lose. So right. she knew that ahead of time or whatever was inside of her knew that ahead of time. That, that's, that's where the movie gets <laughs> a little weird for me is there are some threads and that's one of them where maybe I need to watch it a third time <laughs> because there's like, a, there are a couple pieces that don't quite add up. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the first one is like how, where the order of operations is between this Nora character, the lady at the bar right. and this doctor and how they get from uh, there to uh, the police department. Now I have my own theory. I, I do think, too. And I, <laughs> I think it's because uh, she actually was in the taxi with Luz. Uh, they did get into an accident and Luz went to the police department on her own while Nora went to wherever this bar is and found this guy. But and... something got into Nora because I don't think it's actually Nora who's acting. I think it's someone like the demon inside of her. It's the demon. And that's another thing that I was trying to understand is because she talks almost from reference like she was at this ritual that happens. Right. Yeah. But then they but then they say that the only person that walked in, I think, was what the janitor. Right. The janitor caught them. So so maybe like this demon has been maybe it's it the went janitor. Into, it's Nick Cage. It, right. <laughs> It's me. It's the demon. <laughs> but so, I mean, that's plausible, though, because she did say that while she was on her flight, that there was some sort of scuffle. Right. Something happened. You're right. Uh, who knows? Like, and this is where I wish there was a little more. Like, some of these long shots, I wish they would have taken, like, 30 seconds to a minute to explain just a little bit more uh, to, to make this these these fit into the holes a little nicer. Uh, but my my theorizing is that somehow this demon went from ritual to either the janitor or a teacher or something like that to tracking her down from where she left probably person to person probably with a body count all the way along to this plane ride where it went to this woman who was supposed to go to this hotel so maybe she maybe that taxi ride was already predetermined like this lady was already going to get a taxi to go to a hotel but she was then stopped on the plane to be possessed by the demon to get close like the demon knows what's going on right yeah the demon has this like otherworldly knowledge of everything so yeah what did you think about okay so what i thought was um so yeah nora tells that story about the like salt around the girl who was supposedly pregnant that's the other thing that she she kept saying supposedly she even corrected the doctor so that's interesting because it's like well uh what do maybe what they meant was like pregnant with like a demon i don't know but they do that ritual and then they said that nora needed to call a medium and she was like it doesn't matter how you do it really depends on what movies you've seen but really you just Mm. need to want a medium to be there and that's why i showed up so basically i think what happened was something went wrong with that ritual and she said something like the girl in the salt had committed had was said to have committed suicide. Maybe she like died and wasn't supposed to, like she was supposed to be a vessel and it didn't work. Sure. And then Or she was a vessel and it and died when it moved to someone yeah, else. Yeah, it could be. Or like, yeah, maybe Luz was saying that like blasphemic prayer chant to put right. a demon into this girl. <clears throat> and then for some reason it didn't work. But then Nora was a girlfriend to lose. They definitely had, like, rapport in some way. But I don't think Luz actually liked her. I don't think that they had, like, a romantic relationship. I think that Luz had, like, um, a cordial relationship with her. Because when they show her meeting at the taxi, she's like, oh, hey, this is crazy. How are you? But later when Luz talks about her, she says, no, I don't like her because she's the type of person who would smell rotten fish if you say you smell rotten fish. Like, she's very impressionable. Maybe what happened was uh, the demon tried to go into the girl in, like, the salt circle. Uh, the girl dies. Like, her body isn't a good enough host body to handle the demon. Girl dies. Demon's pissed. Demon goes into Nora because Nora is really impressionable and then maybe is always trying to get back to lose, like is trying to get into lose somehow. That's like the best I could come up with. 
Yeah, I don't know. See, this is where it gets a little muddy. <laughs> yeah, but it's a li- but it also leaves it to be a little fun because it lets you speculate. A little. Yeah, Specu- speculate, speculate, speculate. It lets you speculate a little bit about what's going on. Um, now, and actually, to go back a little bit, uh, we didn't explain like the ritual. Yeah. all the way. So when she's talking, she basically lets on that when Luz was in school, uh, she knew Nora and she knew this other girl, and this other girl, Luz, told her she was pregnant. And then basically, like you were saying, then at that point, they set up this ritual uh, where they, from my understanding, they wanted a medium to contact this demon or entity or something, even though what my what I got out of it is that Luz was just kind of fucking around. And like this was kind of just like bullshit. Yeah, she, could be. She, she was just fucking around. I mean, that's kind of what I was guessing like by the she whole like she makes the epidemic by convincing all all the sheeple to like puke at lunch. Right. Well, there's like that, and then like the whole like when she's talking to this thing. I think she knows there's something there, but when she's talking to it, it's just like what she says doesn't j- jive with like like when you're talking to like the dead. In one of these movies, and all of a sudden she's like, "Our father, why art thou such a dick? You see a girl and reveal your true self. Thy kingdom sucks. Thy will be done in the crotch of an old grandpa." I thought there was going to be some kind of like rape with an old grandpa type figure. Like there was that was never explained. It's like just a shock value thing. I kind of think that was just her fucking around. You think? Just like. Like joking, like, oh yeah, what is we gonna get a demon if I say like blah 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 blah? And it worked. And then and then it worked because they kind of hint to that later when the demon's talking about her that it liked it. It was like chaotic and it wanted to get close to her because it was saying all this shit like. And it was repeating the chant back to her. Yeah, kind of blasphemous, kind of uh, chant. Yeah. So and that's kind of what I got out of it, and I think we're somewhere in between those two. Yeah. It is one of those things, like the way that I only got a chance to watch it once. And the way I watch these movies is I, I just take notes through it. So I'll pause. It takes me so long to get through a movie because I'll keep pausing it and like writing things down. But um, for this one, all of my notes are just plot points because it's just me trying to figure out what the fuck just happened. And then before we even started recording i just read through my plot points again to be like okay so this happened then this happened and to just kind of put the pieces together it's i mean and at it's like it's so this is a really hard one for us to do a podcast on too actually because like even talking about it just you bounce around everywhere but something clearly happened in that ritual that the demon needs to return to and when the demon puts himself in the position of the the back of the cab when they do that interrogation scene, which I thought was probably one of the best scenes. I think that was probably my favorite scene. Like I would agree. Her she's a great actor. All the acting in this was fantastic. I also agree. I thought the acting was really good. And yeah, the scene, especially when that all starts out in like when she starts like rocking out to the radio, it's like the one scene that doesn't fit that movie at all. But it's honestly probably my favorite scene, even though it's so goofy. Like, I don't know. It just kind of. It's good, though. It's like really good. What is that pantomiming when you're it's like that's itself just exceptional acting. Yeah, she did a great job. Really, everybody in, in the film was really good. Very believable. 100%. But then, yeah, so, like, it seems almost like that chant, it's almost like it hypnotizes Luz, too, almost, because she says it almost like a nervous tick. Like, she's waiting in the um, in the police station, like, waiting to get interrogated. She's mumbling it to herself. And then when she's hypnotized and she's, like, in doing the taxi thing, she starts saying it again. And that's finally when the translator is like, yeah, I'm not going to translate that. Like, that's, it's really bad. You know- I wonder then if it's like some sort of a byproduct of starting the ritual in the first place. And that's what's actually calling the demon to her. Maybe. Is her her like maybe knee jerk reaction to like reciting this chant that woke the demon in the first place and made the demon almost fall in love with her in a weird way. Yeah, maybe that's why it gets it gets infatuated with her. And so maybe it's like some kind of tick. Where every time she says it, it like amplifies her like radar to this demon, and now the demon can track her down. I mean, that actually makes 
a little more quite sense. a bit of sense yeah. yeah or even like before she starts to get hypnotized by the de- once the demon is now in the psychotherapist when he is like whispering the chant to her in her ear that's what gets her hypnotized in the first place and she made a comment when she saw him that she was like have you been drinking which either she just smelled booze or mm-hmm. part of me was like, does she know that it's possible there could be a demon in this guy? Like, does she not trust? Right. Yeah, well, there's something off about him for sure. Well, yeah. So because we go back to the, the, the bar scene. And so they end up in the bathroom and he is wasted and he's about to take the, the page. And she's like, well, you need some help. I can help you. And they go to the bathroom. They she she turns around she's bleeding he's like hey you're bleeding yeah <laughs> and she's like what, whatever dude come here yeah and then they have this pretty cool scene too this was another one of my favorite scenes this is when they're in the bathroom and she goes to like open mouth kiss him but not really it's more of a transfer of like possession yeah from her to him and there's this scene where it's like this light in her throat yeah a loose yep the loose yeah and then from uh, that point on, the psychoanalyst doctor is this demon. And they've completely transformed uh, from her to him. He leaves the bar, goes to the police uh, the police station, leaving her body behind, which, which falls back in with what we were saying about maybe as it leaves from host to host, that person just dies. So like the girl they thought committed suicide, maybe it just jumped hosts. But also, did you notice when he said, hey, you're bleeding? She had just started bleeding. And later they showed the taxi accident was with Nora in the back seat. Yeah. So she got that. That blood is coming from that accident that happened in the taxi. But then he's suddenly not even seeing it until there was something there. Because I remember when they when you realized that she was in the back of the taxi, I was like, oh, that's why she started bleeding. It's like. It's one of those like time movies where time doesn't it's like a dream like yes. time doesn't exist. I I would agree with that as far as like being in some sort of a it goes from like dream sequences almost. Totally. From one to Especially another. Especially that whole last third act of just like an acid trip of like now that's this person, now there's someone else. Like crazy. And then so and after that, so now we're back up to speed where we were before about the uh, where we were talking about the actual taxi cab, like the scene where so they set up this scene and we were talking about how the doctor is clearly uh, on another wavelength. Now he is just staring her down. There's a scene. It's another long shot. It's a little blurry. Um, and you can see like some guy setting up audio equipment and, uh, I think, I think he's like a translator or like a transcriber yeah, translator. Cause you, you have, you have him and, uh, then there's like a, there's a detective Bertian or whatever her name is. And then we have the doctor and the doctor. Yeah. He's just staring a shithole through Luz <laughs> and not moving, not flinching, nothing while this other, while the translator sets up all the equipment and we find out that he's trying to hypnotize her to find out about what happened in this taxi cab accident. And by doing so, what they do is they kind of set up a mimic set of like the inside of her, or the, her taxi cab for her to kind of zone into and place herself in that event. And like we were saying before, like that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I thought it was one of the more well-acted scenes in the whole it's film. Very cool. And they like slowly brought reality into it. Like little like sound clips that you're like okay this is what it would have sounded like we get it and then suddenly her cigarette's real and you're like oh so they start bending and playing with reality for the viewer yeah i liked that too and the way they describe it too i thought was very good where they say like picture yourself as a blind man right yeah where he's walking her through the hypnosis and then to like listen for the sounds and then as the the viewer you can start to hear uh, the sounds of the city and cars moving by, and and it start it starts to set that scene for, um, it starts to set that location of where they're at and what's ha- what's happening, and it takes you out of that police department and puts you in the taxi cab with Luz. The the interesting thing about this movie is that the entire movie is just a very roundabout way of telling a very short story of basically like. This taxi accident happened and there was some baggage behind it that caused it. But like, we just, we hear about it. It's all, it's like we all hear, we hear the entire story from like a third party. 
like someone telling the doctor a story at a bar that leads up to Nora being hypnotized and trying to explain what happened. But really, it's like the demon explaining to Nora what just happened to her, basically. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, like, it's all just basically like, you know that accident that you got in? You know where we were trying to go, right? Like, you remember in in a Catholic school <laughs> when that one thing happened? That's me, bitch. I'm back. That's what the whole story is. Hello, it's me, Mr. Demon. It's me. You remember me? I don't go away. Mr. Grandpa's crotch here. <laughs> yeah, you you summoned me from your grandfather's crotch. <laughs> and now I'm here to uh, destroy the world. But, I, I mean, I thought that was just really, really creative and really cool. I still didn't fully understand it. It's like one of those movies that ends and you're like, I might be too dumb to, like, get this. <laughs> well, and then, okay, so then we go from there and then shit really starts to derail. Like after that whole scene, uh, this is when the doctor starts to act really weird and really starts to freak out the translator, which is that's another one of my favorite scenes is anytime he scares the shit out of the translator <laughs> because he's clearly superstitious and religious. And he's yeah. like, ah, I'm not saying this blasphemy. Yeah, shit. And the, the cop is like, are you fucking serious? Like, it's your job. Like, this is literally what you have to do. Yeah. You fucking loser. I wonder, like, that can't actually happen. Like, if you're a translator, you have to say what the other person's saying. You can't just be like, it's against my religion. To... Yeah, right? there's no way. No. There's Especially no way. for a police station. As long as you don't covet your neighbor's wife, you're probably fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't don't covet your neighbor's wife or don't covet the doctor after he changes clothes. Because the next scene, he... <laughs> yeah. He pulls up right in front of the transcriber, who is horrified, like mortified, like curled up like in a ball in the a corner of this of tiny little audio booth. And he, I, I don't remember, he, he, does he strip first? I know he's like wheeling around on the chair. Well, this, but he does that after he, he possesses the, the other um, cop. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah, like, that's right. the girl, Luz says some blasphemous shit. The translator's like, I'm not saying that. The cop is like, are you fucking serious? And then the doctor... His, like, eyes are rolled back, and he goes over and possesses the cop. Right. And was like, I'm going to need you later. Yeah, because that's the first time you actually see, like, you know the doctor's possessed. Yeah. But that's the first time you, like, see him white eyes. Like, yeah, looking creepy. Being not himself. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's like, will you help me? And she's like, if I can. And she's totally dazed. Her eyes are all black. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, the total opposite of his. Right. Like full that's big interesting. black eyes. Yep. But the light, the lose is in him. Maybe that's why his eyes are white. I mean, that would make sense. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff I'm not going to pick yeah. apart because there's a lot of this stuff I just don't understand. So I'm going <laughs> to look like a, f- I'm going to look like a fool anyway. Like whoever made this movie will tweet us and be like, yeah, you're totally fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. The student calls in like, I was just dicking around. I. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, he freaks out the translator, and then he gives him a front front seat show. Oh yeah, he starts stripping, he starts like ripping his clothes off, we get to see some man ass, he <laughs> puts, I think it was Nora's clothes on, like that yeah, dress yeah. and the, the, like, over and jacket. the jacket, mm-hmm. and this, is an, this opens up another can of worms, where he takes a pen, and he jabs it seemingly like up into his brain. I don't know if he does it that far, but he like... Right in front of the sound guy, he takes a pen and starts shoving it up each nostril until he's, like, just covered in blood right. coming out of his yeah. nose. And then he takes the blood and he, like, slicks his hair yeah. back. And so I was wondering if, the, like, what that, if he was just doing that to, like, freak the Maybe? guy out. Maybe, yeah. Because he thought it was fun. Or if he was, like, harming himself or, so, you know, like, something going on there. I did not know. Yeah, that was not explained at all. I think he was just freaking that guy out, though, because it seemed like he was having fun with that. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, like, we what are, who are we to comprehend what a demon's going to do for fun? Sure. Like, maybe that's what they do. Like, I, I play video games. He shoves things up into his It is creepy. Hole. And then he does the, like, shh, like, shh finger. This guy's not, I mean, I'm not religious, so I probably wouldn't be freaked out on that level that I know right. he is. But I'd probably be like, um, this guy is on meth. Like, <laughs> I'm going to hang out here until someone can come get this dude. That's actually really funny 
if you look at it that way, because you kind of can justify that this maybe didn't happen at all. And that that dude was just really fucked up because she was slipping him some shit in that drink. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Like, maybe this was all just the doctor's rough night. Right. Or it's like, yeah, he was just like he did meth for the first time and just like destroyed everybody. <laughs> and let, let, let this girl leave. But no, yeah, so he changes into Nora's clothes. I thought he was going to, like, start shape-shifting, which I guess he kind of did, but it seemed like it wasn't exactly shape-shifting. Yeah, that's that's when he starts having a good time, though. He changes out of the clothes, starts poking around his brain and getting all really weird Really gets it. fucked up after that. So then, <laughs> somehow, Luz is, like, it, 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 like, flashes between she's in the church and then she's driving the taxi and it's like going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the first time it really, it takes us out of the setting and brings us to where she is mentally yeah. in the taxi cab. Yeah. And then, then I believe where it just kind of brings it back to her in the police station with the fog and all that stuff. Um, That was weird too. Cause it's almost like this silent Hill, like merger of two different, uh, possibilities are like two different dimensions World, almost yeah. where she's like where she's like in the old world where the ritual happened where there's like the the children's noises and the schoolyard noises in the background but she's physically in the police department right yeah and she's also mentally in the taxi car like she's right. mentally <laughs> she's in everywhere. multiple places but everyone is physically in the interrogation room which is really confusing but, like, Super they good. flash to her on her knees in the Catholic school. The nun shows that her skirt is, like, a little too short and then slaps her. And then he runs naked through the <laughs> aisle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's when you're, like, shit is getting weird. Like, It reminded me of, like, a dog, two dogs. And, like, one is not very hungry and it's slowly making its way towards the bowl. And then the other one is, like, old and hungry and it's like, (laughs) fuck you. The way he speeds past her to walk towards the light is hilarious. That's the other thing is they walk into the light. Like, I know, obviously, light is, like, a theme in this movie. It means something. And it's her name, which another thing little on the on the nose yeah yeah. so there's there's something about that like there's clearly something that the filmmaker was trying to say like the light represents something i don't think it's good either like like normally light is good and then dark is bad but there's definitely this like weird like hellish realm in the light it seems like yeah i could see that that this that's the finale this is where everything just gets crazy like they flash yeah. to nora in the back of the taxi and then it switches to uh the doctor and it's both of them basically but it's really just the demon i think is the point yeah and that's where i feel like yeah cuz that's kind of the uh the almost most important scene in the movie i would say is where we see Nora talking to Luz and Luz starts to kind of figure out and maybe understand that it's not Nora. Yeah. Is the the vibe I got. And right when she almost gives in to the demon or Nora, whoever she thinks it is, it's weird because she, I think she understands it's not her or that what the situation is before he grabs her and kind of forces right. her. Right into this weird kissy embrace where they he transfers the light from him to her even though you don't see it this time right no no they they show the kiss thing at the very end but that's when the demon comes takes a third form as the supposedly pregnant girl that girl who is like laying in the salt circle she comes out when it's like the whole room is covered in fog you know the demons in there. Like, I remember on one side, the doctor is with the cop. The cop kind of shakes out of it and gets unpossessed because the translator smashes... Yes. smashes the demon with the, the head with head. the audio equipment. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then right after that, the cop, Bertillon or whoever, is like aiming her gun in the fog, trying to figure out where to shoot. 
Yep, pops a couple shots. Uh, yeah, shoots. And then the the Catholic schoolgirl, naked, walks out of the fog bleeding. So it's as though the demon was shot as the doctor and now is taking on the form of the schoolgirl and then tells Luz to kiss her. And when she finally gets close enough, he forces it and becomes the doctor. As a way of deception to lure her in. Classic demon move. Deception. Right, yeah. Yeah, you can't trust these fuckers. Dem- demons are just full of nonsense and silly games. Luz does finally get possessed by the demon, which is the goal through the whole movie of the demon. And then Luz is, like, ready to leave. <laughs> like, the the detective's like, all right, see ya. And she goes to leave, and then I think it's the translator who's standing back watching the office scene at the very end, who's like, don't let it leave. Like, don't don't let it go. And then it leaves. So then you're left to assume this demon is, like, roaming free. Yeah, and that is Luz. And that's Luz. But yeah, I, I think the translator, too, I noticed that, too, because he, he was not there in the beginning. And when you contrast the shots, he was already in the audio room. Or the interrogation room, whatever you want to call it. Right, yeah. Um, but at the end, he's in the... Lobby. The main yeah. lobby, and he looks fucking Toro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, he's been through some yeah. shit. But he never got possessed. No, but the detective, not so much, because who knows what her recollection of the events are, because she was, like, proxy-possessed by the demon. Not fully, but, like... Well, she did... She was taken over, and then... And then uh let go but she's still in a way, back to normal yeah she she like shook herself out of it but she's still basically committed to helping the demon if she could she said so i wonder if maybe i'm always like that person trying to find meaning when it probably isn't there but i'm wondering if you think about it the only person that didn't get possessed in the entire movie because even the bartender is kind of like mesmerized by nora at the right. beginning the only person is the translator. Fucking religious guy. Yeah, he's the one. It's like Couldn't touch well, him. his his faith is so strong that he will not repeat a blasphemy, and so he doesn't get possessed. He gets the shit scared out of him, but he doesn't get possessed. But he's not strong enough to stop the demon <laughs> right. from leaving. He gets the shit scared out of him, like all good <laughs> follower followers do. Yeah. I mean, a good follower has a fear of God too, don't they? So right. I think yeah. fear is yeah. like. Their MO. Oh, he's scared after this. He's oh, done. Yeah. He's definitely fucked for life. He he's gonna be standing on street corners like preaching all this crazy shit, and everyone's gonna be like, "Look at this!" He'll be whispering guy. the like blasphemous chant, like he just gives in. Yep, <laughs> grandfather's crotch, grandfather's crotch. <laughs> the demon of your grandfather's crotch is here. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I looked on Reddit after I watched it just to see what other people said. I didn't see anything substantial mm. besides learning that it was a student film, which I didn't know. But one of the um, negative comments I saw someone write was like, you know, I wish that blasphemous chant was less juvenile. And it's true. It was. It was like it was like a, what a kid would make up. Like you were saying, like it might have been Nora just fucking around as a kid. But it was like yeah. very clearly like, all right, let's go fuck the son of Mary. <laughs> like it was. Well, I think that they could have done a little more to like convey that, other than just like letting us hear this chant over and over or again. Maybe if they it could was have like maybe showed Latin. her look a little young, like, that, or maybe they could have like emphasized how what her age was or like how young they were. Maybe she was a little more juvenile than she was at current date. Like maybe a lot more time. And they said it was only like two years. Right? <laughs> yeah, something I don't know. They had it passed. Yeah. Like, like maybe add a couple more years onto that, and you can see the growth from her being like a scared normal adult. That this thing's been chasing her for you know to when she was like a dumb young kid that unearthed this yeah fucking demon. yeah that would be that would be a better almost even a more believable turn on it. But I I kind of like I know that there's a lot of un like a lot of loose ends in this, and it is kind of annoying when it ends because you're like okay I don't get what just happened and I need to figure it out. But overall, I kind of like how it, I, I don't even want to say simple because it's obviously really complicated, but I kind of like that sure. it almost leaves a lot up to interpretation because it's very like, I don't know, this was just a weird thing that happened. What do you make of it? Knowing that it was someone's thesis, too, it, it's mind blowing. 
It really is. And like I said, first time I watched this, I was not like thrilled <laughs> by it at all because I, I there was too many loose ends for me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. But then the way it is structured, the way it plays out, you watch it again. And like I said, I didn't even necessarily want to watch it right away. But then it's just the way that I prep for the show is to watch these movies twice because sometimes you need a second watch to really get to it. Get it. Or yeah, like, that's smart. In this movie, I'm glad that I was able to do. My only real complaint is that it's a 70-minute movie that at times the first watch felt like it was like two hours. Really? I didn't feel that way. But I think second, I... Yeah. Second time, the second time, though, the pacing was like once you know what to expect, it's it's way better. It definitely it didn't need so to be much, longer. So much snappier. Yeah. I, I felt like it was more like a short film. Like a very long short film. It are, It already kind of is, but I was expecting maybe shave about like 15 minutes off and then it would be a little more tight. Yeah. But other than that, like like I said, on second viewing, it uh I enjoyed the the pacing. But it's like really like what would you cut more. out? Like the four minute <laughs> for getting a pop and then <laughs> just sitting there drinking it. Yeah. Ba- basically yeah. Or just speed it up just like a, a teensy teensy a couple, little bit. But other than yeah. that, to for that to be like the only real complaint other than a couple like loose ends for someone's fucking student thesis, I mean bravo. Totally. Man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, job well done. I wanna believe that this kid was like eighteen and it's not someone who's like returning to school like they're forty five. <laughs> like <laughs> this is, yeah, this is a student thesis, but I'm like I've lived a whole life. <laughs> but I don't know, I'd like to look into it. I'd be interested to see like what this director producer comes out with once they get a real yeah. serious budget yeah i me too and it's one of those things where i, I want to do a little more research on the on the person behind the film yeah and see what maybe what they've been what they've been up to in the last yeah years. what are you uh what are you cooking up for us what have you been doing during covid right. <laughs> hopefully more movies for us to watch yeah hopefully during the entire pandemic they were just like writing out ideas they were like, we're going to tie up these loose ends next time. <laughs> I just, he was like, I just want an, at least an A minus from this teacher. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully you got it. So what, what rating did you give it? Speaking of grades. <laughs> I, I give this one uh, three terrified translators out of five. <laughs> That's a good one. It was really hard to choose an object for this. Um, I almost picked the pop again because I was like, that's like the only object that they they showed. Um, I gave this, you gave it three terrified translators. Three. Out of five. I gave it four ritual candles out of five. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Very nice. But I, cause, so generally we're both pretty favorable. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, it takes a lot for me to give five out of five for anything. And I think... Yeah, if I understood more of the storyline and, and saw something profound in it, then it would have easily pushed to a five. But yeah, it, it's I loved what it I loved it for what it was. I'll Definitely. say that. I would agree. And it's available for free too, actually. So if anyone listening wants to watch it, if you have the two B TV app, it's streaming for free right now. So if you wanna Watch alongside of our review. Go do yeah, so. Yeah, it's it on Shutter too. Free. Oh, on Shutter as well. Yeah, that's what I, I watched it on Shutter. Um, but yeah, it is on Tubi. It's just it's basically just a long fever dream that just will keep your head twisted. Like you you're still kind of figuring out what's going on even when the movie ends. So if you like that shit, you'll like it. If you hate that, you're not gonna like it. You still might. You like might it. like it, but or you're gonna hate. It. Like yeah. If you're impatient, if you're if you're impatient like me, and you can get past the first scene, you're golden. But if you can't get past the first scene and the bar scene, you're fucked. Because <laughs> it keeps going. <laughs> That's why we're here, so you can listen to yeah. this. If that sounds like it's too much. So last week, you told me that you had a secret weapon for your movie yes. recommendation for next week. Yes. What is it? And it, to to bounce off the idea of fever dreams. Okay. I thought, how can I pick one? Because I got slaughtered. <laughs> you did, and in the polls, week. yeah, it was not close. In that movie that I picked, I thought it was great. Well, this movie was really good yeah. too. 
So I think it was that was going to be a win-win regardless. Yeah. But to avenge my <laughs> yes. loss, I need to summon and conjure the powers of Willem Dafoe in our pat. Our and I'm picking the lighthouse. Oh, I've seen it. It's fantastic. But that's a good choice. All right. The lighthouse. I can't lose with the lighthouse, I don't think, because then you're picking against Willem Dafoe. And then you got to look at pictures of him online and explain to him <laughs> you picked against him. The lighthouse is a very good choice. I'd love to talk about it. A little synopsis is uh, two lighthouse keepers uh, descend into madness when a storm strands them on a remote island where they're stationed to keep a lighthouse. Shit gets really insane. It's honestly one of my favorite movies. It's, that's an, uh, actually a really good transition from this one as well, because there is that sort of... See? Yeah. Um, my choice is very different. Um the choice that I had is called uh, The Hunt. Have you heard of it? Okay. I think I know what you're talking um, about. It's yeah. a horror thriller, and it's also a political satire. So it's supposed to be a satire between yes. um, just the, the split between the radical left and the radical right in American politics. So pretty topical. Now that Trump isn't the president, I feel like I could handle watching it without getting too pissed. Um but yeah, it's a, it's kind of got a little bit of everything, horror, thriller, apparently some comedy or dark comedy, which I enjoy. Have you have you seen it? You haven't seen it. No, no I haven't I'm either. Not. So so that's a good choice. Yeah, well, because if that one so, you know, hey, listeners, if you want to go vote, what we're going to do is we're going to have a poll on our Instagram and we're also going to have a sister poll on our Twitter. And tell them what it is. What's our Instagram? What you need to do is follow us at TJ Watch Movies. And that's the same handle for everything, whether it's Twitter or Instagram. Follow us on both of those. Uh, check us out. Send us an email if you want. If you have any suggestions or want, have any questions or anything like that at all. Send us the email at tjwatchmovies at gmail.com. And yeah, don't forget to check out those polls because you can decide which one of our movies we're going to talk about next. Yeah. All right. Should be fun. I'm excited to see where it goes. The Hunt I wanted to see in The Lighthouse, honestly, one of my favorites. And I think we could drum up a really good conversation around I that. I think one. so too. Yeah, they're both great choices. But all right. So that's Lou's. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. The power's in your hands. (laughs) We'll be looking at the polls. Have a great night. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.